you know, at the beginning of it, didn't know how long this was going to last or how serious it was or what, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. But man, 8.45 every morning, we're huddling on the phone talking about how we were going to get through that day. And to me, that's when I was like, aha, this this really is good. This is this is what I need to get through. And then our other meetings that we have as a result of that kept us very connected. Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader. Hello, everyone. This is Ed Epley, and welcome to another edition of the Ed Epley Experience. Today, it's number three in podcasts about maximizing meeting performance. And we have a first-timer with us today, someone who's not been on the podcast before. She is wicked smart. If you looked up the term eclectic in the dictionary, you would see her picture because she is not a slave to any one kind of thing or interest. She loves so many different things, which is why I find it interesting to spend time with her. She is absolutely tough as nails. I, I'm just, I marvel at her ability to stay focused, get things done and not be dissuaded by whatever else is going on around her. And I've just learned she's a, an avid football fan, not just a fan. She's an avid football fan. She's Pam Pretty. She is the chief strategy officer for NECO Foster Care down in Cincinnati. We've had Bo on. We've had Rob on from that organization. I don't know, maybe Mark. I can't remember who else. But but Pam, welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. So glad to have you today. Well, thanks for having me, Ed, and thanks for the kind words and uh it is true. Uh, the secret is out of the bag that I like football. <laughs> I love football. And you know what it is? It's fall football weather time. It is. And I'm just, I'm wondering if it's college or pro, you will have to make a choice. Is there, if you, if you had to choose only one, which would it be? Well, that's why they're on different days, Ed. So I know. You don't have to make a choice. <laughs> but if you had to. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with college ball because it's less predictable. Um, And so it's always an exciting game. But I I like pro as well. So, I mean, my weekends are are dictated amongst football season. I I failed to say this at the beginning, but uh, anybody listening, if you want to reach out to Pam later, if you're looking for a playlist of music, she – has multiple playlists and this depends on her moods, but this gal knows music like nobody. All right. We probably ought to get talking about things that, that really (laughs) matter for the world of business because our job is to help organizations run more sustainable, successful and profitable businesses and meetings play a huge role in an organization's ability to do that, Pam. So we're talking about maximizing meeting performance. When did you first really come to some understanding of the crucial nature that meetings play for a healthy organization? Well, uh, for me, Ed, it's it's odd. You know, you hear people talk about COVID and how, um, you know, it impacted the way 
you know, we do our work. Right. To me, the one thing that was a benefit out of COVID is that I recognize the meeting structure that we put in place prior to this pandemic. You know, we had no idea that that was coming, but we did. It, It was almost like it felt like home. You know, every morning I, I was working at home and isolated and we, you know, at the beginning of it, didn't know how long this was going to last or how serious it was or what, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. But man, 8.45 every morning, we're huddling on the phone talking about how we were going to get through that day. And to me, that's when I was like, aha, this this really is good. This is <laughs> This is what I need to get through. And then our other meetings that we have as a result of that kept us very connected, I feel like. That's neat. Would, would it be safe to say that when we first talked about the strategy for meetings that NECO has embraced that you were skeptical? Um, I am. Uh, I, I think that would be safe because for me, one, I'm a communicator, but we... You know, you always feel like you're different and, um, you know, well, that won't work here, right? right? Because we're different from everybody else. Um, And so you you tell yourself that. But we we have a fairly large operation with a lot of nuances to it. And it seemed like an overarching task to get everybody rowing the same direction and, you know, how were these things that we had done for 15 years, uh, whether they were productive or not productive, how were we going to make the move from that? Uh, we had this service committee that met every Monday that, you know, did updates. Where are we going to get those updates at, Ed? You know, yeah. so I think that's fair. You know, I don't, what did you do before you came to NECO as the chief strategy officer and, and, and well, actually you played, you've played a number of roles, but before joining NECO, what did you do? I work for the center on drug and alcohol research. How, how good were their meetings? Um, you know, we had regional meetings a couple of times a year and our supervisor would come out at certain points and meet with us, but there was not a cadence to it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes communication would falter because of that. So, yeah. Do you think was that, that was not for profit? Uh, It was part of uh, the university of Kentucky. So it actually was part of the university there. Uh, And that's 20 plus years ago. I've been, been here at NECO for a long time. So, so if you were starting your own company today, how similar would your meeting strategy be to the one that NECO embraces? I think it feels very comfortable and I think it's productive. To me, the challenge is always that communication in between and how you how you cascade those messages or decisions that are being made. And I, I still think we have wood to chop on that. Yeah. Uh, you never arrive at perfection. You should always be chasing it, right? Yeah. And so to me, that's the one area that's left that we've got to continue to work on that communication piece. So why don't you describe to the audience what NECO's recurring meetings look like? Uh, what's the framework that you're using for for the benefit of the folks listening? Well, so 
for the meetings that I participate in. Yeah. One is a team member. So Bo, who's our CEO, everybody that he supervises, he has a morning huddle with them. And then once a week, we have a tactical meeting that's kind of down in the weeds. We do a, you know, a quick round as part of that. And um, what we refer to as a lightning round. Lightning round. Yes, sir. And uh, we come up with topics for the day. We either hit all of them or vote on them, depending on how many there are. And then we come up with a, a to-do list from that or action items or even items to cascade. Then monthly, we have a strategic, which is more a deep dive into a particular topic. And that's everybody that's on our C-suite or executive team. And similar cadence, but just um, deep diving into that one topic or right. two topics that we need to. And then quarterly, we have an offsite where, um, you know, we may have a much bigger goal to tackle or some wood, bigger wood to chop, yeah. per se. Yeah. And so Bo has that for us and, you know, the members of our C-suite that he supervises. And then I supervise two different teams and I have that same um, cadence with them. And so I've just recently picked up um, the marketing department here. And it was interesting because they weren't following that meeting structure. So it's it's having to back up and kind of train them mm-hmm. and get that buy-in and help them learn the importance of this. And I've already seen a difference. In what way? Well, just the engagement and uh, the routine and knowing what to expect and knowing um, we're going to be meeting on this date. And so if I have questions, I can bring them all in there or topics to cover. So I think it helps people know how to behave and know what the rhythm is at work. So explain to the audience for, from your point of view, why the huddles matter, the daily stand-up meeting, the that quick hitter in the morning. Well, uh, I think it serves multiple purposes. One, it's good to hear my team's voices, whether it's the one I'm on or the the folks that I get the opportunity to work with. Yeah. Um, but two, it it makes you stop and think, what's what's my biggest value add for the day? So you you can't go in there willy nilly of, you know, um, I don't know what my biggest value add of the day is. It it requires you to pause and think about that beforehand. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're not an organized person, maybe to get some organization about you. Or for me, who loves that communication piece, I kind of know where all the players are for the day. Yep. Um, so I think it serves different purposes to different people. But for me, it's that connection and communication. Um, your own teams, do you do that huddle after the C-suite team does theirs or before? Yes. Okay, so you do it after. Yes, Yes. So I meet with my team and then 10 minutes later, meet with the other team and then get started on my day. 
you're bringing up with, I love the way you said my team, which is the team of peers. Um, right. And uh, that's your first team. And, and it's great that you, you're phrasing it that way. And, and have you ever had to explain that or have you explained that to the folks that you manage and lead of, of the your, your, your priority for teams? Which team comes first for you? Um, I don't think that we've ever had that discussion, but I, I do refer to both teams as I need to get with my team to talk about how this impacts or get some feedback or um, so I've referenced it. I don't think that I've ever um, come straight out and discussed that. Yeah. So that might be an interesting topic. Yeah, it, it usually is. I'm also wondering about, uh, I should have asked Rob Goodwin this when I've had him on, but how much, if at all, does NECO talk to people when you're hiring them, when you're going through the hiring or interviewing process, about NECO's obsession about running good meetings? Does that come up at all, or is that something that you discover once you become part of NECO? Um, I think that um, I would be shocked if people didn't know it from the just our interview process in itself that we spend a lot of time with people when we interview them. Um, I think, Ed, maybe you were the one that said to hire slow, right? Yeah. To make sure you get the <laughs> get the right mix. So there's a there's a lot of meeting structure and input from folks when we're hiring to make sure they're a good fit for our company. And so I would be surprised if they didn't go, hmm, this is a little bit different. But I don't know that that is uh, brought into the, I'll have to ask Rob myself. Now, I do know in a new employee orientation, which happens, um, he's been having that for a long time. And that happens like clockwork, um, right. proudly to say in our company, that there's topics such as that discussed. Do you think that the average executive being, you know, smart, intelligent, in many cases, highly educated, overlooks or underestimates the importance of meetings? Do you, do you think that I'm not talking at NECO, I'm talking about in general, if we walk down the street and spotted six different business people and talked to them about, you know, what they what they believe about meetings, uh, I'm wondering how many of them would would rate the importance of that as high as you or I would? I don't think, sometimes people don't know what they don't know. And so if you, <laughs> I think I've been to a lifelong of bad meetings. And until you've been to a good meeting, um, you don't know the difference, right? So to me, if you don't know that you're missing that, or uh, have that experience or yeah. see it working, then how do you know? Correct. Uh, so, you know, I think even back from, you know, I'm invited to a lot of different kinds of meetings Correct. all the time outside of our organization. Some are productive and some are not. And uh, it's um, hard not to be frustrated when they're not, right? Um but I think even our education system, when you think about kids that go to school, there's a lot of time, there's a lot of downtime that uh, probably the school day education learning is very small in comparison to the 
going through the motions time. And uh, the so you're taught from an early age to just be present, not necessarily productive. Yeah. 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 So uh, I don't want to get on a debate about that or (laughs) people come after me, but I'm just thinking about how we're acclimated to what that learning process or that collaboration looks like. And uh, I think it's a lifelong journey for sure. I think most of us go into meetings with very low expectations about them being productive. Yeah, I, I, I think we have low standards and um, I, I wish I wish we would be more uncomfortable with the whole idea that this, you know, if when a meeting's not being productive, there, there, there ought to be a mechanism. There ought to be a way to point that out that, look, is this the best use of our time right now? And, and without without disrupting and, and you know, just throw throw it into chaos. But um, that's a topic for another day. Um I'm curious about how intentional NECO is or you are when you're running meetings about reminding people about the purpose of this specific meeting. Um, In other words, when you're I I suspect it's easiest with an ad hoc where it's dedicated to a topic. It makes it it's Mm -hmm. probably clear and evident, but people come into it expecting some kind of action on this one thing. Does that come up a lot of the purpose of the meeting at NECO uh, or is that something that's just inferred? Well, so, Ed, I think back to when we made this change, right, to this meeting structure. Right. And, you know, we ask you a lot of questions about how the meetings were supposed to look. And there were lots of debates about what was especially the tactical meeting. Correct. Um, We we. had a hard time formalizing how that was supposed to look or what that meant. And so I think at that time there was a lot of discussion about it. I think for our team, we now know because we've got the reps in. And to me, that's the important part of being able to practice having a good meeting and getting those reps in. So there's probably lots less um, discussion now from our group, but other people are in a different spot in their meeting um, maturity per se. And I'm sure that we have different groups within our organization who have learned how to do that or debate it. So um, yeah, I I think it, I think it's there. I'm laughing now and smiling because I'm thinking about poor Rick or even John, when they came onto the executive team, and not having been part of the learning process and the repetitions to get to this clarity that the majority of you have about what we're supposed to do, why we're doing this. And <laughs> I'm wondering what that must have been like for them. And uh, uh, I, I'm just curious if you if you ever saw any curiosity or concern on their part. Um. No, really, they both uh, drank water from the fire hose pretty well. So um, I hadn't even thought about it. And they may have just got in there and saw everybody else, uh, what they were doing and, yeah. and, and just joined forces. But, yeah, no, they they did a great job acclimating. They were crazy, that's for sure. I think I was present when Rick was, uh, I don't know if his first meeting or one of his first meetings and something was said and he said, I'm not 
I'm, I'm, the, I'm enjoying this because I've, I haven't been getting this. And, that, and what I'm referring to when I say this, that my interpretation, and, and sh feel free to correct me or add to this if you want, Pam, but I think when he was referring to this, he was talking about the, the intellectual discussions that were taking place about a given topic. And it wasn't one-sided. It was people all around the table were, were weighing in and having an opinion, even if it wasn't their functional area that was being affected by it. And I think that, I think Rick's appreciative of that. I, I think so, too. I think if um, if you're not able to have that candor and to be able to uh, debate a topic and, and get to the best idea, as well as the second half of that, which is if you disagree, also commit to whatever the group decision is, right? I think there's a lot of value in that, and, and it's so refreshing. And I often laugh. I, I tell people the reason I have been with NECO for 20 years is because once you get that, um, if you go to a different organization that doesn't have it, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. So, oh, man. Uh, yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And, so uh, here I am, and I, I'll have to retire from here. Uh, I, I get the privilege. That's <laughs> what I say. But uh, – but anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's that spirit of debate, or um, you know, just watching it. Sometimes it's more comfortable when you're watching uh, someone else in the midst of that debate, and you're not at the center of it by any means. Um, I, I like to take a sideline approach, but uh, it's also good to rough it up sometimes, right? Bo is a classic entrepreneur, and. Entrepreneurs are well known for their attention deficit disorder. They're chasing the shiny object. Does he have trouble staying on topic in meetings? Sometimes. And sometimes, I, you know, there's a curiosity there. Um, that's what drives us forward. So I would take that curiosity any day over him not shaking it up. Yeah. Because uh, it keeps people moving. Um there's questions that come out or um, hard truth that sometimes needs to be said. Um, so, yes, he he can get us off, off topic, but I think that curiosity is what drives us to, to keep on striving to do better or asking tough questions. Now, um, the other good thing is for many members of our team, we've worked together for a long time. So when the time comes that it's too far left or too far, then he also has a respect for us to be able to say, eh, back over here, come back over here. <laughs> so I think it's a, I think it's a great balance of both. How, how well does the team manage each other other than Bo? Uh, cause I, you, you certainly are not clones. If I look around the executive table that, that, that you have the, that there, there's nobody who's like uh, overlapping circle of the other person. So I'm, I'm just curious about, I mean, how often do, do, does somebody say, and I'm, I don't want to name any names, but one in one person I know has a bias for, um, thinking out loud. And when he talks, it makes it, it's a long time for him to get to the point. And does, does, does anybody ever say to him, get to the point? 
Um, yeah, I think everybody has their own way of connecting with someone else. Uh, for me, I give folks nicknames of when they, uh, when maybe they're uh, not doing what, <laughs> when they're not being as productive, they might be called Grumpy Kitty or something. <laughs> like that. Uh, you know, they're all enduring and all to um, not meant as a, a situation of, of, What's the best word for it? Not meant to put somebody down or to right. be disrespectful, but more to gently call, uh, bring attention to it to help them recognize maybe they're being grumpy. <laughs> I would I would love for anybody that uh, wants to run better meetings to have a chance to watch what your team does, as well as just to see the discipline that is brought to the running of daily huddles throughout the organization. I don't know, something like 98% of people participate in one. Um, it's, it is remarkable, the the relentless pursuit you guys and gals have had at, at making that just part of who you are as an organization. I, I, I really think it's been critical to some of your success you've enjoyed the last three or four years. Absolutely. And, you know, looking back on it, um, there's we're always striving for that next level. We want to get better. Right. And so it, it's always nice to pause and reflect where you've come from. Yeah. Um, and to be appreciative of that and, and to recognize that, um, you know, we, we want to be better tomorrow than we were today. Mm -hmm. uh, Rob, who is also um, chief people officer that we've mentioned before, uh, he says that a lot. And I completely agree with that thought process that we're, we're our biggest competitor. It's ourselves against ourselves. And, and that meeting structure, just watching it evolve and take hold and, and embrace um, to me has given us some structure that I think we needed. There were many growing pains with it, yeah. but um, we we got it, and we ask a lot of questions. And uh, I tell you what, for it seemed like forever that we were debating that tactical meeting. I mean, <laughs> didn't we bring you in like two or three times? Oh and yeah, be like help us with this meeting. And yeah. then we get it down pat and we would feel comfortable with it. And then we question everything again. So uh, it was, it was good, but you know, learning something new, uh, it's like riding a bike. You just don't get it on day one. You got to practice and get those reps in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You might skin your knee a time or two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pam, I always like to end by asking our guests, if there was one thing and one thing only that people could do to make improvement in their meetings, what, what would your suggestion be? That's a great question, Ed. Um, I think there's more than one. Am I allowed more than one? Well, I, yes, I, I, I might stop you after two or three, but the, let's okay. see what, the, give, give me what you got. We'll see what we, right. where, where it takes uh, us. Let's well, first and foremost, the reps, you got to meet. 
Um, it's so easy to say so-and-so's out on vacation or we've got this going on or, you know, this is a hard week, so we're not going to meet. And then the next week that happens again and the next week and then you get out of the habit. So you've got to be ruthless in the show goes on, getting those reps in and meeting. Um, To me, the other is to be focused during the meeting. Um, too many distractions can take a meeting down pretty quick. And then I think the third one would be either what's our action items from here? What are we cascading? What happens next? The end of the meeting, the, the, the yeah. management of the end of the meeting is pretty crucial, isn't it? Right. Recapping what decisions were made. Um, just just coming up with a plan. I love those three. I think that's a wonderful summary of, of what would be most important. I'm curious about in your executive team when you said be focused, are laptops generally open or or not during your tacticals? Uh, they are because we're sh- sharing data and sometimes we'll ask about something that we'll look up right on the spot or, or right. whatever. I don't I don't think it distracts. Um, some of us are fidgeters and do two things at once naturally. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's become a point where it's a distraction, but if you've got folks that are head down in the computers and not looking up, then that to me is a distraction. Yeah. And I'd argue it's also a bit disrespectful. So, um, listen, it's been wonderful having you on here. We're going to have to bring you back. So we'll, we'll find another opportunity to do that. Her name is Pam Pretty. That's P-R-I-D-D-Y. She's the chief strategy officer at NECO. And Pam, if people want to reach out to you with any questions, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, probably through email. Okay. Uh, so it's P, first name, first initial, last name, at NECO, N-E-C-C-O dot org. And, and, and is there a, a, a dot? It's just, is it P pretty? All one word. It's all one word. Okay. P-P-R-I-D-D-Y. Yes. At yes. NECO dot org. Okay. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you on. And I think I'll see you tomorrow in a quarterly offsite. I know. You got me all day. (laughs) Looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Pam. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley Experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's the Epley, E-P-P-L-E-Y group.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving your skills. 